Ah, yes. Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIE's podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got lots of stuff to talk to you today. Steelers being the Patriots and why I think the end is near for the New England Patriots and why I, again, this is another piece of evidence of why I stand by the Patriots are not going to Super Bowl 53. Touch on Nick Foles. His magic is working once again as they went into Los Angeles last Sunday night and beat the Rams. Also touch on the Rams, why I think they might have peaked a little bit too early and why they're starting to slow down down the stretch. And how about the Cowboys? <laughs> oh, boy. The, what a Merry Christmas present given by Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, and the Dallas Cowboys getting shut out in Indianapolis. I'll touch on that later on as well. As well as the Saints beating the Panthers on Monday Night Football. The atrocious job done by the people that voted Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers into the Pro Bowl. I, for, Hall of Fame is yes. This season, Pro Bowl worthy, stats-wise, and the way that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in the playoffs. I mean, anyway, I'll touch on that later on. Touch on the two football games that were yesterday on Saturday the 22nd. Redskins losing to the Titans. Ravens beating the... Chargers weeks out then week 16 Sunday action Saints and Steelers Chiefs Seahawks and I'll give you the picks but first things first <clears throat> the Pittsburgh Steelers the black and gold brigade themselves congratulations Steeler Nation and the Pittsburgh Steelers you have finally beaten the New England Patriots. <laughs> Took y'all long enough, but hey, you did it. Congrats. First off, what a great game. What a great, phenomenal, defensive battle of a football game. And not as high scoring as it was last year. Of course, you remember Jesse James, catch, touchdown, no touchdown, 2017. No one in the NFL knew what the heck a catch was. Would have been a touchdown under today's rules and standards. But wasn't a touchdown then, so it got wiped off the board. Cost that combined with atrocious, asinine play calling and decision making by on at the Hands of Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, and uh, Todd Haley, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, cost us on top of the idea of the NFL of a ref ball, cost the Steelers a number one seed in AFC. So you fast, so you fast forward 364 days later, week 15, Patriots Steelers in Heinz Field on CBS, Jim Nance, Tony Romo in the booth, everything exactly the way it was. Almost to the day, 364 days later, these two teams faced again in week 15 of the NFL season. Uh, with both teams coming into this game uh, were, weren't as good as they were last year. 
Patriots came into that game. I believe they had 10 or 11 wins at that point. Steelers, I know they were like, they, I, they had 12. And I can't remember, but they were significantly better. The Steelers coming into this game had seven wins. And the Patriots coming into this game had nine wins. So both teams were greatly, both teams greatly inferior to the squads they had last time they met up uh, last December. Uh, but let's get into it. First off, first off, what a job the Steelers' defense did. They held Tom Brady to 200. He first off, Tom Brady was 25 for 36, threw for 279 passing yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Stopped Sony Michelle and company. Couldn't couldn't get much of a running game going. Julian Edelman had him to seven receptions and ninety yards. Would have been a whole lot more if Julian Edelman would have stopped shooting. I mean, you can tell that the new that the end is near for the New England Patriots. The end is near for the New England Patriots. You you can see it. I mean, Julian Edelman dro- dropping passes that Brady's hitting him right into his chest. I mean, this would be one of the games where Skip Bayless's of the world and the Brady Apologists of the world could actually, like, have some sort of leg to stand on as far as making excuses for Brady. Because I'm sitting up there, and for those of you who I wasn't who for those of you who listen to this, who, um, who I text with and who I uh, go to school with, no, I was on a cruise this past week, which is why I wasn't in town. But they had the game on pool on the pool deck, uh, it, it was nice, real sweet. I had my uh, I had my Pepsi sitting there. I had my Pepsi and my uh, seafood gumbo. I was sitting there, preparing to go uh, last Sunday afternoon with my feet up on the, on the pool deck, everything else. But I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, and I'm seeing Julian. I'm seeing Julian and drop passes. And I'm not talking about like hard catch. I mean, these are balls that Brady's throwing to him right in the chest. He's dropping them. I'm seeing illegal formations. I'm seeing false starts. I mean, stuff like, especially on wide, on element, especially, but stuff like that, especially the false start penalties and the drop pass. You, you don't see that too much of those in the, uh, in the, uh, in a locker room led by uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I mean, that's uncharted territory for them. I mean, he was targeted 11 times, only caught seven. So it was, that was four, four, basically four drops right there. Chris Hogan, two receptions, 68 yards. They held, remember, Gronk had a, had a monster game. I mean, a monster game last time they played. He had like over, he had like about a dozen receptions for 130 plus receiving yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, that was one, that was one of Gronk's all time best games in his, in his career when they played last year. This time, two receptions, 21 yards, targeted five times. Rob Gronkowski. So, credit. Give credit where credit is due, and that what has been, especially in years past, a weak, awful, and disgusting Steelers defense, especially their secondary, 
they showed up by by keeping Edelman, Hogan, and Gronkowski in check. Josh Gordon as well. One reception, 19 yards, targeted twice. But great job by them on the defensive side. On the offensive side, the, the Steelers' offense, you know, came out strong. First possession they got, went down the field, scored a touchdown. New England went down later, scored a touchdown. So they... I'm sitting up here watching. I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be one of these games, huh? This is going to be one that back-and-forth offensive battle. But then both of the teams scored the first two first touchdowns of the game. They kind of hit a wall offensively. Ben Roethlisberger went 22 for 34, uh, three for 235 uh, passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Jalen Samuels, how about him taking over for... James Conner, who's taken over for Le'Veon Bell, who decided not to compete in the 2018 NFL season. How about Jalen Samuels? 19 carries, 142 yards. How about that? No touchdown rushes, though. But 19 carries, 142 yards. I mean, a, a Patriot defense does not let a no-name third-string running back run all over him, basically like he's the second coming of uh, Franco Harris. I mean, again... Another thing we're not used to with the New England Patriots, but I continue. But they, but the Patriots defense credit them. They kept Juju Antonio Brown in check. Antonio Brown had four receptions for forty-nine yards. Juju Smith had uh, Schuster had four receptions for forty yards. Antonio Brown did have a touchdown reception though in the game. James McDonald, two two catches for thirteen yards and a touchdown. Jesse James, yep. One reception for nine yards in the game. How about that? Um, and Joe Hayden had a and since and speaking of Joe Hayden, when do you ever, 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 ever see Tom Brady make a boneheaded, stupid, asinine decision to throw the ball as carelessly and as poorly as he threw it? I mean, towards the sideline, and Joe Hayden just goes up and snatches it right from the hands, sandwiched in between Rob Gronkowski and Julian Allen. I still don't know how he caught that ball, but he had an interception on the day. Great job by him. He also had eight eight tackles on the day as well. But what a and then how and then how about late in the game? How about late in the game when Brady is driving down in the last minute of the game? How about on the second Third and fourth down, he had checkdowns right to his left. Right to his left. I mean, you ever heard the phrase, take what the defense gives you? Especially on that third and goal. All Brady has to do is is dump it off to his left, and he and he gets a good amount of yards. Because still, his defense is playing back, make, keeping everything in front of him, keeping everything out of the end zone. Brady has to throw it there. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't excuse it. Brady has to throw it and get rid of it there. Again, Brady's, like it or not, Brady's decline. It's coming. Because typically we're not used to seeing Tom Brady, you know, force passes down the field. What he does is that he he pick he cherry picks and he pickpockets the defense and he takes and he sees an open and he sees an open area he takes what the defense gives him and bam he he counters it right then and there. And then on the last play of the game, him on the last play of the drive, last play of the game for the Patriots, 
why is he throwing the ball in the middle of the out of anybody, anybody to throw it to? You throw it to Julian Edelman, who has who dropped literally every who couldn't who couldn't who couldn't catch a ball out of a paper bag, who who. who who couldn't catch anything but a cold in that game, dropping it, dropping every pass hit, thrown to his chest in between the numbers every single time you turn around. Not to mention, he's the shortest wide receiver on the field, and you throw it to him, Brady. Come on now, come on now. And then I'll lead, and this kind of segues into my point I'll make later in the show. But how can you sit up here and tell me that's a Pro Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl caliber quarterback? Missing obvious checkdowns, and then throwing, for, and then for, f- doing what he almost never does, and th- forcing the ball down the field. You can never see Brady for, force the force the football down the field. He either take a sack or he'll dump it off, or or he'll try to or he'll try to get a short route to try to bail him out. You never ever ever see Brady try to force pass down the field like that. And then last play of the game, he got kind of like chucks it up. Edelman to his decency, he to his um, rebuttal, he wasn't he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready and set yet. But even still, Brady, why are you throwing to the short? He's clobbered by like th- three plus Steelers all around him. You throw it to the shortest man in the middle of the field. The end is near, and the end is coming for for the New England Patriots, like it or not. But, but 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 it's coming. It is coming. Ready or not, here it comes. The decline of the evil empire that is the New England Patriots and the and Tom Brady. And it all began that night in February twenty eighteen when they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. To 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 a backup second string quarterback. Who almost was out of the league and Nick Foles. And I know they put up uh, I know they put up thirty three points, but still for a good portion of that game, that offense was lost. P go back and look at the box score. They're scoring they didn't start to score they their scoring literally started at the beginning of the third quarter when Rob Gronkowski got got them that touchdown at the beginning of the quarter when it got uh, possession in the second half. But for a half of football, first and second quarter in that game, that offense didn't have a clue and didn't have an answer in the world. Dropping passes left and right. Steven Goskowski can't make a field goal. The end is near for New England Patriots. And... It ain't just Brady. It's kind of around that whole team. Losing in the Miami Miracle against the Dolphins. Losing in week two against Jacksonville. Getting absolutely manhandled and dominated by Jacksonville. Getting blown out by the Titans. Losing to the Steelers just recently. I mean, and there's one more I'm forgetting, but the Patriots
are not, under any circumstances, going to Super Bowl 53. They're not. And I predicted that in the earlier season. I, t- I told you the I told you the end is near for the Patriots. Their 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 line and their era and their continued success. It's just coming. It's trickling down. It's coming to an end. People never believe. Nah, you don't bet against Tom Brady. Twenty eight to three. Brady's the goat. Brady's this. Brady's that. Belichick this. It's the system. System works. System this. System that. They can plug in it. Da 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 da. Well now they're looking at nine and five and well now they're at nine and five and are look and are looking at the chance of in order for them to get to a Super Bowl, they'd have to play two road games and play the wild card round. And in case you haven't noticed, the Patriots are disgustingly bad on the road. Disgustingly bad. Look at the losses on the road against Jacksonville. On the road against Jacksonville, recently against Pittsburgh, on the road against Tennessee. Look at them. Go, go, look, look them up. No, I'm pulling them up right now. Look, look at the losses at the Lions. That's the that's the game I was I was I was missing. At the Lions. At the twenty six to ten. I mean that offense. I mean, at at the Jaguars, at the Lions, at the Titans, at the Dolphins, Miami Miracle, and Steelers. This team stinks on the road. Their wins on the road this season, at the Jets, at the Bears, at the Bills, and that's it. Bears, Bills, and Jets, that's who they've beaten on the road. And if Mitch Trubisky had about two-thirds more arm strength and did maybe a couple of more bicep curls or a couple of more uh, bench press reps. He could, he they would have lost that game against the Bears. Because remember, they threw up it. Because remember, at the end of the game, Mr. Beasley threw up a Hail Mary and it was caught about a yard and a half, if a half yard short of the goal line. So if Mr. Biscay would have done a couple, would have, uh, would have drinking a few protein shakes, would have drinking a few more protein shakes, or done a few more reps in the uh, in the Bears practice facility, he probably could have gotten that ball down there de- a yard or more deep enough, and the Pages would have lost that game. So then they'd be looking at eight and six instead of nine and five. The end is near for the New England Patriots. I I, I don't want to hear Tom Brady this and Tom Brady so magnificent and Tom Brady this and Tom Brady. Oh, I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady can be the daddy of my children. I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady. William. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. Okay. The end is near for the Patriots and Tom Brady. Jacksonville, Jacksonville has been basically have been they spiraled out of control. They're finished. The lion, the Lions weren't that good anyway to begin with, but 
They lost to them, got dominated by them on the road on primetime television, no less. My, I granted it was a miracle last minute play, but they for what for whatever the reason, the, when the Pages go into Hard Rock Stadium down in Miami, they can. And I was there this past week. I don't know if it's the glorious sunshine, the the many beaches that's there, the the food, the the gorgeous skyline, the, the people. It's uh, I don't know what it is, but they can when they go to Miami, they never ever ever win there. And don't give me, it was just a miracle play. They went into Miami last year. They went, remember, they went into Miami last season and got on Monday Night Football and got absolutely torched and embarrassed by Jake Cutler, of all people. And Jake Cutler is allergic to trying and giving a crap as far as playing the quarterback position in the sport of football is concerned. And he ain't no better on primetime television, no neither. But even then, they made Jay Cutler out to be Dan Marino that night. I mean, the end is near. And the Patriots, Kraft, and Belichick are going to rue the day. Rue the day. That they traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. For basically a bag of potato chips. They are going to regret that decision. Because you take Tom Brady away from them, who's their future at quarterback? You take Tom Brady away from the New England Patriots. This is a four to six win team. What, Brian, Brian Hoyer is going to get the job done for you? Brian Hoyer, who played with the Bryants, did nothing for them. Brian Hoyer now. Congratulations to the Steelers, though, out of the way. But to me, in my mind, this says more about the Patriots and their fall and their epic, fast fall from glory than it does about the Steelers. That's just me. Patriots on Patriots, they can kiss the AFC Championship goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. And if the playoffs ended today, they they put you know who you know who they be they'd have a home they'd have one home playoff game, but know who it would be against the Baltimore Ravens. Another one of Brady and Belichick's demons and kryptonite. Playing Miami Dolphins in Miami. Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles. Coughlin and Eli and the Giants. And the Baltimore Ravens. All four of those scenarios and teams make Brady and Belichick's life, as far as their job is concerned, a living hell. Speaking of people who have made Brady and Belichick's life a living hell, let's switch gears now to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Nick Foles, who 
is coming back to man the ship one once again as Carson Wentz goes down for the rest of the season with a broken vertebrae in his back. Odd, ironically enough, they play the team in the same building again, another deja vu from last year. They go ahead and they go into LA again, which is the place that A, they won their they won their division title last year, and B, the place where basically it sparked the run. They lost the battle to win the war, and the loss of the battle was Carson Wentz tearing his ACL and his season. But it was time for Nick Foles to shine. He did it then, and he did it now, leading to Philadelphia Eagles to a 30-23 to victory. Nick Foles was 24 for 31, complete with 270 passing yards, threw an interception, but... He does more, but even if his perform his stats I just read you weren't all that impressive, it kind of bled throughout the rest of the team's play. Wendell Smallwood, even though he had 10 carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns, he played well in that game. Alshon Jeffrey had eight receptions for 160 yards in that game. And it even led to the defense. Avante Maddox had an interception. Rachel Douglas had 11 tackles. Malcolm Jenkins had eight tackles in the game. So you can see that when Nick Foles is in the lineup, even though they didn't play all that well early on in the season, but it's like, like I said, it's like his teammates are looking at it as deja vu. You know, we've been here before late in the season. Gotta make, gotta make a push where it counts in L.A., Playing the Rams once again in December. Nick Foles, our quarterback. Let's go. And it was kind of like the 2017 Eagles showed up for this game. I mean, even the defense. I mean, Nick Foles is like, I don't know what it is about him. But, I mean, he I mean, he seems like a great guy. I'm pretty sure he is a phenomenal guy. Great person and everything else. But it's even, but it's even as if, even though he's starting quarterback and head of the offense, it's like when he's in the lineup, the defense starts to play better. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's if they like Foles more than Wentz or if they respect Foles more than Wentz or if they feel more confident as Foles as a quarterback and just as a teammate and they just trust him more than Wentz. I don't know what it is, but Nick Foles, the Eagles are just a better team with Nick Foles at quarterback. I mean... And and if he leads the and if he leads the Eagles to the playoffs and they end up stealing this division from the Cowboys and or and or uh, somehow some way make a late surge and push to and lead basically a nine and seven team to a Super Bowl, then you'd have to ramp the question to uh, to get rid of Carson Wentz because he shows he is very fragile and very injury prone, and it look and it just shows that the Eagles win when Nick Foles is that quarterback. And I don't know what it is, but it's just the way it is. But switching to the Rams now, the Rams, Jared Goff was 35 for 53. through 339 yards and one interception. Todd Gurley, Rams deep, uh, excuse me, Rams defense. This Eagles defense kept Todd Gurley in check. Made, they made Jared Goff throw the ball 53 times. Todd Gurley had 12 kicks for 48 yards and two touchdowns, though. But he kept them in check the entire part of the game. But what this shows to me is that Jared Gumble, Jared Gumble, Jared Goff 
had had two fumbles though. So that that you cannot have under any circumstances. And he showed and he showed he had fumbling problems back in uh back in the Chief game. Remember that he he fumbled quite a few times in that Chief game. But uh, Jared Goff, he you can't turn over the football regardless if it's fumbles, interceptions. You can't turn over the football and expect for you to win ball games. The Rams have lost two straight games in a row. Have lost two in a row for the first time since 2016. And when it shows when the when the key is you can't. Jared Goff's a good quarterback, but like I've said time and time and time again, even though he's the franchise quarterback, that offense and that team runs through Todd Gurley. And it shows when Rams don't give Todd Gurley the ball 15 plus times in a game. They're two and five when he when he has fewer than 15 carries, but 20 and two when he has more than 15 carries. So, if I'm the Rams, you learn for give Tom give Todd Gurley the football and don't make Jared Goff throw the football 53 times. When he throws the ball 53 times, a you're not going a a one you become one dimensional and b Jared Goff loves to turn over the football. Turn over the football, not necessarily with the interceptions, but with the fumbles. I mean, you get you get an opponent's defensive line to have, and their defense get a strong enough pass rush. Jared Goff has butterfingers and can't and can't uh, manage to hold on to the football. But this shows that the Rams might might be peaking a little bit too early. Remember, they won that long win streak, and uh, they were undefeated until the Saints beat them back in November. Well, it might raise up the question if the uh, Rams peaked too early, but uh, we'll never know. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, though. That that's one thing I, I, they've shown me, and they, I'm taking it. They are not under, and, and if especially if the Eagles fall and collapse these next two games and this the play, they are not making the Super Bowl. I think they're not. Everyone probably not scares everybody else is picking them to go to the Super Bowl this year. They did back in August, back in September. I'm not as y'all know. I wasn't the one to do it stupidly. I picked Eagles and Jaguars, but. I know I picked the Rams to be good, but I think they're one year away from from uh, super from uh, the Super Bowl. Last thing, then I'll get to a break. Then I'll get to Saints and Panthers, and I'll touch on the horrendous job by voting Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers into the 2019 NFL Pro Bowl. Um, I just got one thing to say. One thing that has been on my mind since I was on the boat in the Atlantic Ocean. One thing I've been dying, 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 dying to say. One thing I've been dying to say for a week. You guys ready? How about the Cowboys? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! What a Merry Christmas to me, and what a fabulous gift! Thank you, Jason Garrett. Thank you, 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 Jason Garrett, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Dallas Cowboys. Thank you for making my vacation and my Christmas. Just a little bit sweeter by getting absolutely smacked by Andrew Luck and the injury-plagued Indianapolis Colts on the road. 
Oh, it just warms my heart. 23 to nothing. Oh, gosh, where do I even begin? Oh, J Dak Prescott, 206 passing yards and an interception, 24 for 39. Oh, how fantastic. Zeke Elliott, 18 carries, 87 yards. Oh, no touchdowns. Oh, that's beautiful. Where is, uh, where is Amari Cooper? Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Amari Cooper, second coming of uh, Michael Irvin. Amari Cooper, according to Skip Bayless and many of you delusional, annoying, nauseating Dallas Cowboy fans. Oh, where, where was he at? Oh, yeah, Amari. Yeah, where, where was he? Tell you where he was. The four receptions, four receptions, 32 yards, seven targets. Yeah, and when your leading receiver is Blake Jarwin, who, what? Yeah, thought the same thing. With four receptions, 45 yards, please. Y'all can talk, y'all can blow get, y'all can dance around like like a like a bunch of like a bunch of three year olds all you want. Bottom line is Dallas Cowboy and Zeke fumbling. Oh fantastic. And y'all thought Zeke Elliott was the second coming of uh of uh, Tony Dorsett and my and um what's his name? Emmett Smith. Oh my god. fantastic job by the Dallas Cowboys. Oh man. A, a zero effort. Oh gosh, fantastic job! Oh my goodness. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Andrew Luck, he was twenty six. He was sixteen. He didn't have a great game either. But sixteen for twenty seven hundred ninety two yards and let Marilyn Mack. Who? What? Yeah, thought the same thing. Not 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 Mosul Falk. No, but Marilyn Mack. 27 carries, 139 rushing yards, and two touchdowns. And T.Y. held the five touchdowns, 85 yards. I mean, y'all you, were like human bowling pins. All, you, all the offense line have to do is just get up and touch you, and you collapse on the ground. I mean, 27 carries to 139 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I don't hear anything about them dope, dopey, dopey, those dopey stupid Dallas Cowboys ever again. I, please. Every single time they start they start getting themselves a little winning streak going. Dak starts playing well. They have a cup they have they have a couple of uh, clutch games and 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 produce a couple of clutch drives to win those games. Zeke starts playing well, yeah feed me, feed me. Uh, Amari Cooper starts to find his groove a little bit and then BAM they hit a brick wall that was the Indianapolis Colts that stops them in the tracks in 8-6. and six. Now with the chance of the Philadelphia Eagles and my man Nick Foles to steal the division right from under them, I hope it happens. I hope, I hope, and I hope, I pray and wish that it happens. And especially if they, and if, the, and, and, oh God, if, can you imagine if the Dallas Cowboys lose today <laughs> at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and famous Jameis at quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Oh oh my gosh! It is, oh, this is gonna be one merry sight. See the Dallas Cowboys crash and burn once again, like they always do. But I'll take a break. Talk Saints Panthers atrocious uh, Pro Bowl voting right after this. Welcome back to I'm gonna tell like a TIS podcast. Let's switch gears now to the Monday night game that was. This past Monday, between the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers, uh, the Saints coming into the game at eleven and two. Panthers needing this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. 
at six and seven. Saints won the game twelve to nine. Uh, Drew Brees was twenty-three for thirty-five and two hundred and three passing yards and interception. Excuse me. Cam Newton was twenty-six for twenty-nine with one hundred thirty-one yards and interception in the game. Christian McCaffrey threw for a fifty-yard touchdown pass in the game, for which was the moment the only touchdown in the game uh, on both sides. Uh, Alvin Kamara had the Saints' only touchdown in the game. He had 14 carries for 67 yards in the game. Michael Thomas had seven receptions for 49 yards. <sighs> Thus, the Saints going to 12 and two, and the Carolina Panthers being six and eight, and about a few losses, about a few wins away from their opponent to being eliminated in the 2018 NFL postseason tournament. Um, I want to touch on the really the epic collapse. I'll touch on the Saints' offensive ineptitude and why it scares me, even though I'm still sticking with them to represent the NFC. Super Bowl 53, but I want to touch on the Carolina Panthers and really their shocking decline that happened so fast, so soon within the last two, these past two months, November and December. But I mean, where, where do you even begin? I mean, they were coming in at six and two. Play they they came in at six and two. No, heading in week ten on November the eighth. Came in to play the Steelers Thursday night, got destroyed. Ron Rivera's classic awful play calling cost in the game against the Lions. Russell Wilson's fourth quarter magic beat them against the Seahawks. But, I mean, they are on a one, two, three, four, five, six game losing streak. Last time they won a game was November the 4th, week nine against the Buccaneers. They were six and two and have hit an absolute wall. This is a collapse of epic proportions. This was a team that people thought was a dark horse to go to the Super Bowl. This was a team that was at one point running down the Saints' throat on to try to somehow get the division. And ever since the Steelers game, they've played like complete garbage. I mean, the offense has not showed up. 21 points against the Steelers. 19 points against the Lions. 27, that's not bad, but 27 against the Seahawks. 17 against the Buccaneers. 20 against the Browns. 9 against the Saints. I get the Saints are, are good defense, but still. I mean, what you, what has happened? 
I mean, has Cam Newton been playing hurt? I mean, he's shut down for the rest of the season. He had shoulder surgery in the offseason. But what? I mean, I mean, when you put, I mean, when you put your cards in the middle of the table and depend on Christian McCaffrey all the time, stuff like this is going to happen. What happened to the Carolina Panthers? I mean, and I'm looking at Cam Newton throwing the football. I mean, it's it's like when he throws it, like his shoulders, his shoulders, his torso. I mean, it's like stiff. It's like he like he doesn't look comfortable throwing the football. And Cam Newton, when he is comfortable throwing football, he can be very inaccurate. But when you combine that with whatever shoulder pain he's dealing with, having that surgery in the offseason, or what, or if he's playing hurt and just keeping it quiet, or but it looks, it sticks out like a sore thumb when when you when you're playing hurt and you like and when throwing the football becomes like un, very uncomfortable. I mean. It was an epic, epic, epic collapse. They have not won a game since week nine. It was November the 4th. They have not won a game then. And they haven't won a road game since the 14th of, or excuse me, they haven't won a road game since the 21st of October, back in week seven against the Eagles. They haven't won a road game since since October, and they haven't won a home game or a game in general since November the fourth. Think about that for a minute. I don't know what it is, but heads need to roll. I mean, whether it's the GM has to go around or something has to change. Cause it just doesn't make a sen- any sense how a team can hit the wall that badly like they like they've had. Now they're gonna have to try for eight and eight and and hit the knees and pray to and pray to God that somehow some way a miracle happens that they make the playoffs. I mean their collapses their collapses is is, is more shocking and and more and more jaw dropping than the Bengals. The Bengals were four and one, and you know hit the wall, but they were six and two, six and you're six and two in November. You're feeling pretty good about things. Bengals, you're four and one in October. You know, we have that bungle. You know, we had we called the bungles for a reason, but but even then, granted we granted we didn't play any real teams. And you and you have Andy Dalton at quarterback, which is another thing, and and plagued with injuries all around. And your defense stinks. This is a team that three short years ago was in the Super Bowl. Cam Newton has an NFL MVP sitting in a trophy case. You have first round running back Christian McCaffrey in your backfield. You have one of the best, if not the best, linebacker in all of football, and Luke Keekley on your defense. I mean, I mean, just wow, 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 wow. Switching to the Saints. Listen, 
Their offense is inept. At least it has been as of late. They didn't show up in the uh, in the Cowboy game. They had they haven't showed up as of late. It's mostly been their defense that has to win games for them. But the Saints' offense has to get it in check. They have to. Scored 10 points against the Cowboys. Scored 12 this time. Only managed 28 against the Buccaneers. The offense has to get it in check. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. And it starts when they play the Steelers this afternoon. I'm still keeping them as my Super Bowl pick because, again, the Rams I don't trust. Uh, I'd like to see the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, but as a conscious and as a conscious and using my brain, I f- the chances of that is very slim. Bears, I don't think they're ready. No. So I, the Saints really is is my pick to go to the Super Bowl. But their offense has to get in, in check. Has to get it in check before it's uh, too late. Switching gears now to keeping on football. Like going to something that's off the games, but not off the rails. Like you know the national anthem and all that other stuff. Switch gears to Pro Bowl voting. Ladies and gentlemen, how in the world is Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the 2019 Pro Bowl rosters? Listen to this. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Philip Rivers. I'm all right. But Tom Brady? Tom Brady. N- not, he's, we're just going to ignore the fact that Deshaun Watson was recently on an eight-game winning streak and holds one of the top three seeds in the AFC playoff picture. We're going to ignore him. We are going to ignore Deshaun Watson, who is coming off of an ACL injury in his rookie year. Some guys in the league never recover from that. Ask RG3. We're going to ignore that. Deshaun Watson has thrown for 3,592 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, Tom Brady, want to hear his stuff? I mean, because this this is a joke. Listen to this, Tom Brady.
24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 97.6 passer rating. He is 3,979. But get this. Tom Brady's team is what? 9 and 5 9 and 5 Deshaun Watson's team has a chance to get the second seed in the AFC Texans are 10 and 4. Really, a game and a half, two games, they the number one seed is still possible for them. Like I told you earlier, the Patriots can kiss the AFC Championship, the Super Bowl 53, and the number one, number two seed goodbye. I mean, can you people? Get off of the Tom of the I love Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest human that ever lived on the face of this earth. Tom Brady is the greatest football player, the greatest quarterback, the greatest athlete ever in the history of humanity. Can you get off of the Tom Brady train for once? Can you delusional idiots and morons? Who love Tom Brady as if he was Jesus Christ. Can you get off of the Tom Brady bandwagon for five seconds. Use your heads. And for once look at something objectively. Can you do that? Can you can you people please quit loving Tom Brady as if he's done something for you in your life? Please. There's not much more I can really take of the top. Can you stop enough with the I love Tom Brady enough? I mean, I don't know what it is, but can you stop with the Brady enough? It's bad enough that you sat up there and you stood up for him when he sat up and destroyed his cell phone. And acted like an idiot and a complete disaster talking about I don't know what happened with the footballs during the flake gate. It was it was bad enough you stood behind him then. It was bad it was bad enough you stood behind him when you basically when he basically let Aaron Hernandez, you know, become Charles Munson and run around all over the place. Or Mance, whatever his name, let him run all over the place, be associated with gangs and everything else, shoot up people and murder people in cold blood. And and Tom Brady came to be approached about it, and he wanted to wipe his hands clean, and and act stupid and, and play the who me game. Wink, wink. I'm not know who struck John. Please, enough with the Brady. Enough, please. Oh, Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Tom Brady is so handsome. Oh, Tom Brady is the greatest thing ever. 
Oh my enough with the Tom Brady garbage. Jeez. It's it's Brady, 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 Brady. And then people wonder why people wonder why he and the Patriots so hated so much. Cause, Cause it's enough. I mean, how much more do you expect us to take with the Brady garbage? How is he in the Pro Bowl? He is technically part of the reason why the Patriots have been so bad this season. Compared to recent years, this is not one of Tom Brady's quote unquote goat type of seasons. Last year, 4,577 4, yards, 32 touchdown passes, 9 interceptions. That's last year. He's done worse this year. Passing yards, touchdown passes, and one more interception. You could he could ha- he could have about mid midway into the teens and interceptions before the season's out. Think about that for a minute. I mean, can you guys give other Quarterbacks in AFC love besides Tom Brady. I mean, you give Patrick Mahomes all this love because he sounds because he sounds like you know because he sounds like Kermit the Frog. You know, he he sounds like Kermit the Frog. He's the next next big thing in in sports. He puts ketchup on everything, and he and he's starting to win all of a sudden. And he's flashy. He he does things you've never seen before. He has great arm strength, great accuracy. Can throw the ball left-handed if he has to. That's the only reason why he's getting all this love. Because he's the next big thing. Society is built on the next big thing. Next big thing in music. Next big thing in movies, TV show, fashion, social media trends, memes. And everything. It's the next big thing all over the place. So that's why he's getting all this love. But but uh, can you get off of the Brady train, please? Watson, Rivers, Mahomes, three quarterbacks need to be in the Pro Bowl. I, I don't need to see Brady in the Pro Bowl. He he's got enough mentions and 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 enough awards. Enough. Can, can you spread the love of somebody else, please? Same thing goes Aaron Rodgers. I mean, again, he, again, is the reason why his team, even, like I I just went on this huge diatribe about Brady, but at the end of the day, Brady and his team is going to end up in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to go two seasons back-to-back without making the playoffs. Now, first one, you know, wasn't his fault. He got injured, but still. And Aaron Rodgers has only three, has granted 23 touchdowns, two interceptions, but how you put Aaron Rodgers in there and not Russell Wilson? How how do you put him in there? Again, you got to take team success. Now, on paper, he's pro bowl, but then again, look at his team. His team is, has like eight losses on his team. They're not making the playoffs. Russell Wilson's team practically has the fifth seed locked up, and is a and according to my uncle, 
as a dark horse to go to the Super Bowl if people aren't careful. And Russ Wilson is a big part of his team's success, like it or not. Can people get their love off of the poster boys of football, Brady and Rodgers? Yes, I know they are two, well, at least Rodgers. I know Rodgers is a handsome, good-looking guy. Brady, I've seen handsome. I'm sorry, I've seen better. But I understand the love enough with the love affair between these two. There are other quarterbacks that exist in the National Football League than Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Please. Or Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Please. Spread the love spread the love to other quarterbacks. Back after this. Welcome back to my Tell I Can Tell You this podcast. Touch on two games that happened this past day. Yesterday, Saturday, December 22nd. First touch on the Redskins losing to the Tennessee Titans by the final score of 25-16. to 16. Josh Johnson, who's their Redskins starting quarterback due to the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez getting hurt, and he was there because of their starting quarterback, Alex Smith, broke his leg against the Houston Texans back in November. Um... Josh Johnson went for 13 for 23, 153 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions thrown. Adrian Peterson had a big game, 26 Ks, 119 yards, no touchdowns for him, though. Jameson Crowder had five receptions, 78 yards, no touchdowns. Josh Doxson, three receptions, 30 re- receiving yards, and no touchdowns for him either. Ha-ha, uh-huh. Clinton Dix led the team in seven tackles in on the day. Meanwhile, Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota had a stare on his shoulder uh, in the game. Blaine Gabbert took over. He was 7 for 11 on 111 passing yards and a touchdown. Marcus Mariota was 10 for 13, 110 passing yards, and he was in the game as well. Derrick Henry had 21 carries for 84 rushing yards and a touchdown. And Malcolm Butler, former Patriot, had an interception in the game, 56-yard return. Kevin Byard led the team with six tackles in the game. So, Redskins playoff hopes looking very dim. Still have a chance to win the Division 8-8. Eight and eight. They need some help, though, with the Cowboys losing out, the Eagles losing out, and them having and they have to win their last game of the season. But there's a slight chance the Redskins could win a division, and they and they would need help from the Vikings and the Seahawks. They would have to lose tonight. The Seahawks have to lose tonight. The Vikings would have to lose today and next week. So they need a ton of help. But if the Vikings and the uh, Seahawks win today, Redskins are finished as far as their playoff hopes are for 2018. The ten East, the Tennessee Titans are in the hunt in the AFC. Uh not in the hunt, but they are right there at the wild card for the AFC. They are at nine and six. They have a winning record in three straight seasons. Long, longest streak the Titans have had in winning in winning. Three straight winning seasons since the team moved to Tennessee in nineteen ninety nine. So good job for them. 
Redskins will have fewer than 11 wins for 27 straight season in a row since 1991. It's the longest active streak in the NFL. They were 14-2 when they won Super Bowl 36 against the Buffalo Bills. And I want to touch on HaHa Clinton Dix criticizing the uh, defensive coordinator. Listen, you don't criticize your coaches ever out in public, especially in front of the media. That's a no-no right there. You just never, ever, 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 ever do that. It's a quick way for you to lose respect with them and your uh, other uh, players in the locker room. He hasn't been exactly uh, Sean Taylor himself. Ever since he got traded, he's beginning absolutely torched by opposing wide receivers. So he's learned to keep his mouth shut and learn how to like uh, play defense. But that's that. Moving to the Ravens, beating going into Los Angeles and beating the Los Angeles Chargers last night. Lamar Jackson again struggles with the forward pass, but he gives the Ravens the best chance to best chance to win. He was 12 for 22 with 204 passing yards and a touchdown. Gus Edwards coming out of the backfield was 14 carries, 92 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson on the ground, he was 13 carries for 39 rushing yards. Simply lowered his uh, amount of carries and his rushing yards. That, that unlike he has had in previous games, Ravens are 9-6, guarantee a winning season in 2018, and like to be 10-6, still have a chance to win the division, and certainly have a chance to get a wild card spot in the AFC. Mark Andrews, who had uh, that 60-yard touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson in the game, he had two receptions, 83 uh Receiving yards and a touchdown was targeted twice, caught both balls. Um, but there's that for them. Going on to the Chargers and the other side, Phillip Rivers was 23 for 37, 181 yards, two interceptions. Wasn't the same Phillip Rivers that showed up that beat the Chiefs a few weeks back, that's for sure. Melvin Gordon, he didn't have a big game either. 12 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, 15. Uh, receptions 58 yards Antonio Gates three receptions for 21 yards so you see the Ravens defense it's a good defense and they kept the Chargers in check with only 10 points in the game take a break week 16 and picks right after this alright we're back uh, do Saints and uh, Steelers today was week 16 in the NFL. You know how I do it. Pick a few games, marquee games on the schedule, and I talk about it and preview them and give you my take on them. Do Steelers and Saints and Chiefs and Seahawks here. First off, the 425 game nationally televised on CBS between the Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a good game. Steelers coming in at 8-5-1. Of course, like I said, beating the New England Patriots last week. Saints coming off of a Monday night win on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Drew Brees is averaging six, six, 261 
passing yards a game, 31 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Ben Roethlisberger is averaging 318 passing yards a game with uh, 30 touchdowns and 15 interceptions on coming in into, coming in on the season. Drew Brees is 14-4 against teams that are leading their division. Just a little nugget to chew on. Think Steelers going to going to do very well in this game. Well, excuse me, not Steelers. The Saints, I think, are going to do well in this game. I don't. As Steelers defense, they showed me something. I don't think the Saints are going to put up as many points as I'd like them to score. But I think it's going to be a very good game. Steelers coming in offense again, coming going up again. It's going. I tell you what, it's going to be a very tight, feisty both teams. Gnawing out uh, defensive uh, victories at the hands of the defense last game. I think it's going to be a very tight, very close, competitive defensive uh, battle in the game. I don't think many offenses, as much as much as the both teams have lots of star power and uh, and superior and superior talent on both offensive sides on both teams. But I think it's going to be a very close, very tight knit battle. Defensively, and I think it's going to be a tight game heading within the uh, last two minutes of the ball game. Uh, going to Chiefs and Seahawks. Chiefs coming off of a loss at the hands of the Los Angeles Chargers after choking a base, uh, choking a pretty substantial three-score lead in the game. They just, again, classic Andy Reid choke job. They completely spit the bed against the Chargers. Last week, while the Seahawks are coming off of a what they really should have been, it really should have been a, a blowout right from the beginning. They should have blew out the uh, San Francisco 49ers on the road last week, but they fought it around and took them in overtime. They ended up losing the game. Seahawks clinch a uh, playoffs berth with a win tonight. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand. Need to win this game. They need to win this game. All three of the losses that the Chiefs have had this season have been on prime have been on uh, prime time football. They've scored twenty four straight points in nineteen straight games, longest streak in the NFL since nineteen forty. But like I said, Chiefs losses in prime time to the Rams to both LA teams. Rams Rams on Monday Night Football the Monday before Thanksgiving. The Chargers last week and then New England back in uh, early November, late October. So yeah, late October. So and the Seahawks, by the way, never lose. They're like they're I think they're thirteen and two in prime time since uh since two thousand twelve in the uh, Russell Wilson era up in Seattle. So Seahawks who who, you know, play well when they're at home, play even better when they're at home in prime time, especially with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll as your head coach and quarterback duo. You got the Chiefs going for Reed last last game against the uh, Chargers, choked away that lead. They, again, all three of their losses have been on prime time television. So, um, you know, it, that shows you where I'm kind of leaning towards with this game. But in the meantime, it is another week in the National Football League. You know what time it is? It is time for your week 16 picks in the 2018 NFL season. 
in a league where they play for pay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going off against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored at minus seven points. I'll take the Cowboys to win the game 27 to 20. Then you have the Buffalo Bills going up against the New England Patriots. New England Patriots is favored at minus 12 and a half. I'll take New England to win the game 31-17. Atlanta and the Panthers. Panthers are favored at minus 2.5 points. I'll take Atlanta to win the game plus the 2.5 points. I'll take Atlanta to win the game 24-21. Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins excuse me, favored at minus 4.5 points. I'll take the Dolphins to win 23-18. Giants and Colts. I'll Colts are favored at minus nine points. I'll take the Colts to win the game, but I'll take Giants plus nine. I'll have the Colts winning 31-24. Houston and Philadelphia. Philadelphia stayed at minus two. I'll take Philadelphia to win the game 24-21. Minnesota at the Lions. Uh, excuse me, the Vikings are favored at minus five and a half points. I'll take the Vikings to win the game 27-24. This is a pick'em game, flip a coin between the uh, Jets and Packers. I'll take the Packers simply because they have Aaron Rodgers at, as their quarterback. I'll take the Packers to win 23-21. Bungle, the battle of Ohio between the Bungles and the Bryants. Uh, the Bryants is favored at minus 7.5 points. Remember the Cleveland and Patrick and uh, Baker Mayfield absolutely came into Paul Brown Stadium and slapped the living crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals last time they played. And that's where you had the Hugh Jackson and the Baker Mayfield nonsense and everything else. But Cleveland is favored at minus 7.5. Cincinnati put up some points. Uh, Joe Mixon had a big game against the Raiders last week. I'll take the Bungles to win a game, even though I really shouldn't want them to win this game because remember the last time the Bungles were in a situation where they you know, played bad football, won the last few games of the season, Marvin Lewis kept his job. So I want the Bengals to lose this game. I'm not picking the Bengals to win this game. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. I'll take the Bengals to win plus 7.5 points. I'll take the Bengals to win 27-21. Rams at the Cardinals. Rams favored at minus, uh, minus two touchdowns for minus 14 points. I'll take the Rams to win the game, 31-17. Chicago and San Francisco. San Francisco, excuse me, Chicago is favored at minus four points. I'll take the Bears to win, 27-23. Pittsburgh and the Saints. Mentioned that game already. Saints favored at minus five and a half points. Saints needing to win this game in order for them to clinch number one seed of the NFC. I'll take this. I told you I'm picking this game. I told you it's going to be a tight-knit defensive battle to the end. I'll take the Saints to win the game, but I'll take Pittsburgh with the points, five and a half. I'll take New Orleans to win 17-13. Kansas City and Seattle, the, Monday, the excuse me, the Sunday night game on NBC. I'll take, uh, like I said, Seahawks, they almost never lose in prime time, especially when they're at home. Meanwhile, the, meanwhile, the Chiefs, all they've done is lose in prime time. All of their losses against the uh, both L.A. teams and the Patriots have been on primetime football. Kansas City's favorite at minus 2.5, but uh, I don't feel comfortable betting against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, especially when they're at home going up against the uh, classic choke job artist that is Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I'll take the Seattle Seahawks to win the game 
31-28. And then the Monday night the Monday night football season finale on ESPN comes on Christmas Eve. It's Denver at Oakland. Have fun watching that game. Surrounded by your family and friends, eating Christmas dinner and opening and having an early uh Christmas unwrapping and unboxing and opening. Denver is favored at minus two and a half points. I'll take the Broncos to win the game twenty four to twenty one. Well, I'll hope you guys enjoyed this another episode this episode of Yamatel Like a TIS podcast. I'll have an episode up midway through the week to recap week 16 in the NFL. But until then, have a blessed and safe Merry Christmas. Talk to you guys later. I am out.